on the life raft 47 days. That's all you do is pray. Two and a half years in prison camp, all you do is pray. And your prayers are, God, get me home from the war alive and I'll seek you and serve you. Well, I never even thought about the promises when I got home. When life and death met face to face Love meant love to rescue me I'm stuck somewhere in between Now this is the breaking point for me 47 days on a life raft in the Pacific and two years in a Japanese prisoner of war camp are only part of Louis Zamperini's remarkable life story. You're going to hear more of that story on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Louis Zamperini died in 2014 at the age of 97, but we wanted to share an interview we did with him a few years before that because there's a new movie about his life. It opens on September 14th, and it's called Unbroken Path to Redemption. Billy Graham is part of this story, and he's played by his grandson, Will Graham, who we are also going to hear from in this episode. One thing I love about the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, as it started with my grandfather, is that my grandfather, Billy Graham, used any way possible to tell people about Jesus. And one of the ways the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association tells people about Jesus is through the website findpeacewithgod.net. You can learn about beginning a relationship with Jesus there or deepening your relationship with Jesus. The address, once more, is findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. Louis Zamperini was born in 1917 and grew up in Torrance, California, as the son of Italian immigrants. He got bullied at school for a while until he learned how to fight. Eventually, Louis's older brother suggested that he take up running as a way to stay out of trouble and because he was just fast. As a junior in high school, I broke the high school walls record in a mile. Louis broke that mile record in 1934 when he was 17 years old. A couple of years later, he was invited to try out for the 1936 Olympics on the other side of the country. And so I'm, I'm in New York now, and I'm running against the world's record holder in the two-mile. So I knew I couldn't beat him. I just had to get in second or third to make the team. And uh, I tried to pass him once. I looked up at the back of his head, and I said, you can't pass a world's, a world's record holder. And um, But the last 220, he was in the first lane. And his teammate was in the second lane, and I made my play too late. I ran the third lane, which means I probably ran about 12 yards further, uh, and finally caught up with him on the home stretch, and we came in a, a dead heat. And so that put me on the team. The 1936 Olympics were held in Berlin. Louis ran the 5,000-meter event and finished eighth. He returned home and enrolled at the University of Southern California, where he set a national collegiate mile record of four minutes and eight seconds. After college, Louis enlisted in the U.S. Army Air Corps and became a bombardier in World War II. It marked the beginning of a season of life that Louis almost didn't survive. Well, after the war, I, uh, you know, I, I had nightmares in prison camp and on the way home and every night without fail. And uh, then I got married and the uh, nightmares persisted. 
Those nightmares stemmed from a series of events that began on May 27, 1943. That's when Louis' bomber crashed in the Pacific. Only he and two other men survived. They floated on life rafts, ate fish and birds, fought off sharks, and dodged fire from Japanese pilots. 33 days into their ordeal, one of the three men died. Louis and the other man made it to land on day 47. They were immediately captured and placed in a Japanese prisoner of war camp. Louis was a POW for two and a half years. While he was there, he was tormented by one guard in particular, a man named Mutsushiro Watanabe. We call him the bird. He was on me every day. I just It was just uh, you know hard to take, and I... Being Italian, I would clench my fist, <laughs> standing in front of him while he punched me out. And you didn't dare fight back. If he said, if I draw my sword, I have to use it. The abuse that Louis endured as a prisoner of war left its mark on him. When he finally returned home to Los Angeles, life was hard. And Louis dealt with that in some unhealthy ways. I started to uh, drink every night out with my buddies, and my wife got fed up with it, and um, she finally decided on on a divorce. Louis and his wife, Cynthia, lived in an apartment. And in the midst of all the turmoil in their life, a young man who lived in the same apartment building stopped by to talk to them about Jesus. Louis just got mad and left. But Cynthia, she was intrigued. My wife listened, and he told us about a young evangelist coming to L.A. So anyway, my wife went with him and his girlfriend down to the tent and she came home speaking of this new wonderful life she has in Christ. Well, that made me even more adamant, and I want nothing to do with it. The tent meeting that Cynthia went to with her neighbors was Billy Graham's historic 1949 outreach in Los Angeles. It's a delight and a joy to be in Los Angeles today. We've been looking forward with keen anticipation to this moment when we would begin what we believe God's campaign in Los Angeles to win men to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was this outreach that put Billy Graham's ministry in the national spotlight. And it was at this outreach that Cynthia Zamperini surrendered her life to Jesus Christ, a decision that's sometimes called being converted. She was in the process of divorce. But when she got converted, she said, and now I'm not going to follow through on the divorce. Well, that made me happy because I loved my wife. And then uh, she tried to get me down to the meeting, and I refused over and over and over again. Uh, But then uh, she told me that Billy Graham uh, mentions uh, scientific things in the Bible, and I was interested in science, so I went with her. And uh, Billy started quoting scripture, you know, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I thought, you know, I'm a sinner. I don't need him to tell me. And I got mad, grabbed my wife, and pulled her on home, but uh, the next day she was all over me again, and uh, she she would not give up. And I said, okay, okay, I'll go back with you uh, this afternoon. And when Louie went back, Billy Graham was still quoting scripture. And then he said something that really triggered me, because, uh, uh, you know, on the life raft, 47 days, that's all you do is pray. 
two and a half years in prison camp, all you do is pray. And your prayers are, God, get me home from the war alive, and I'll seek you and serve you. Well, I never even thought about the promises when I got home. And uh, when he quoted that scripture, I felt kind of guilty. Then he says, uh, people, when they get to the end of their rope, they always turn to God in prayer. Well, that was me in prison camp, praying and praying every day to get me home alive. And so I came home alive, and I felt awful uh, you know, guilty about it because uh, God kept his promise. He brought me home alive, and I turned my back on him. And so when I started to head out of the tent, when that all struck me in the heart and mind, I turned to the right, went back to the prayer room, and made a confession of my faith in Christ. And an amazing thing happened. I really believe strongly that the moment you receive Christ, the Spirit of God takes over, comes into your heart. Because when I got off of my knees, I knew I had forgiven the worst guy in the world, Mr. Cheryl Watsonabe. I knew I was through smoking. I knew I was through getting drunk. And uh, it never happened again. That's why I came home that night. Well, that was a miracle. Then I got home and had a pleasant night's sleep, no nightmares. I haven't had a nightmare since. Something else that changed for Louis was his understanding of the Bible. The next morning, I got my uh, World War II uh, New Testament, uh, olive drab color, and went up into Barnsdale Park in Hollywood and sat under a tree and started reading the scriptures. And now, for the first time in my life, I'm able to understand. Now, in the Pacific, during the war, we were all issued a New Testament. But you guys would sit around and say, you know, I don't understand anything in this book. And well, agreed, you know, so we just threw it aside. But now the miracle of conversion, I'm able to understand the milk of the word and then growing day by day after that. Not only did Louis continue to grow in his faith, he wanted to help others do the same. One way he did that was by using the athletic skills God had given him to begin an outreach to at-risk youth. It was an outreach that continued for decades. I was a good skier, and I quit skiing on my 91st birthday. (laughs) And I quit skateboarding on my 81st. So I was always working with youth, and the youth really... They kind of admired me for skateboarding, you know. I'd skateboard down down a hill, and some kid would come up and give me a hug. You know, they you know they'd never seen an old man skateboarding, so it gave me a chance to meet kids. And uh, having been impressed with skateboarding in my age, yeah, it was an open field. Louis remained a faithful witness for Jesus Christ right up until the day of his death on July second, two thousand fourteen. So there's only one access to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. So my advice is, make that decision, and boy, the miracle of conversion will hit you and change your entire life, and you will be focused then the rest of your life on Christ and making Him known to others. I'm gonna sing and shout and shake the wall. Won't stop until I see Him fall. I'm gonna stand up, step back when you call. Jesus, Jesus, I'm gonna sing and shout and shake the wall.
Louis Zamperini used the spectacular events of his life to tell other people about Jesus. And you can use the story of your life to do the same. It doesn't have to be a dramatic story. If you're a follower of Jesus, the story of how God has worked in your life can help someone else understand his love for them. We can tell you more about sharing your faith and experiencing God's love at this website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Billy Graham's grandson, Will Graham, portrays his grandfather in the new movie about Louis Zamperini. It's called Unbroken Path to Redemption. And in just a minute, Will's going to share what he learned about his grandfather as he prepared for his role. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Now, 6,000 people in a tent doesn't sound like very much in these days. But in those days, that was a gigantic crowd. Billy Graham, speaking at the 25th anniversary of his 1949 outreach in Los Angeles, California. And to hear a man like Louis Zamberini, who represents several hundred people in this area that we have met, that came to Christ 25 years ago. I want to speak on the subject tonight, time. T-I-M-E, the urgency of time. None of us knows what tomorrow will bring forth. None of us knows whether we will be alive tomorrow. Time is short. Make your peace with God now. The fact that time is short calls for immediate action because the scripture says the time to find Christ is now. He died on the cross for you and God can transform me and you as he did Louis Zamberini that you heard about a few moments ago. I'm asking you to join me tonight and join many others that came 25 years ago and that have come through all these years. I'm asking you to come to Jesus Christ. You can learn a lot more about coming to Jesus Christ at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. The new movie about Louis Zamperini's life is titled Unbroken Path to Redemption. The makers of the movie asked Billy Graham's grandson, Will, to play the role of his grandfather in the movie. Will is an evangelist. He is not an actor. But he says he learned some things about his grandfather as he prepared for the role that he can put to use in his own ministry. One was the sense of urgency he preached with. For me personally, it gave me a new sense of what I need to be doing in my sermons to preach with a sense of urgency. Jesus could come back any time. Someone could pass away in this life and wake up in eternity, and they may not know Christ. So the message I have is of utmost importance, and I need to do it with a sense of urgency. And that's what I learned. One of the things I learned from my granddad's sermon from back in 1949 Uh, One of the other things I learned was uh, the sense of how he commanded people to come forward. Um, He just didn't suggest it. Hey, this is a good opportunity. He commanded. He realized he was God's representative. He represents the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he would stand there and he would command people to come forward. And uh, that's some of the two things that I learned. Now, my grandfather did a lot of other things. He always preached on the Bible. Uh, he quoted the Bible because he knew that was where the authority of God's uh, power was unto salvation was God's word. So he would quote God's word left and right. And uh, and I, but I always knew that the thing I didn't realize was the sense of urgency and the sense of how he commanded people to come forward. 
those are the two great things I learned from my granddaddy while playing him in this movie. And again, the title of that movie about Louis Zamperini is Unbroken Path to Redemption. It opens in theaters across the country on September 14th. And thank you for opening up this podcast and giving it a listen. We are very appreciative. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Giants with confidence.